2024, friends decided to listen to every one of the greatest 500 albums as decided by Rolling Stone magazine. This resulted in a text chain that celebrated the music, excoriated the order, and led us to making this podcast. We are far from experts, and we promise to do almost no research. All opinions are our own unless you disagree. Please sit back and enjoy. Beck did it better. This is album 68. Hounds of Love. Uh, hey, Aaron, you do me and I'll owe you one. Album 68, <laughs> Hounds of Love by Kate Bush. Why Guys, me? let's get back to our roots. Let's not. Oh, Aaron, don't. It's a compliment. Uh, let's get back to our roots and just turn on K-Rob. There's no, no, you know, we don't have to do a bit every time. Like We don't have to think of something very clever and then like, oh, why are we turning on the radio? Oh, we're going downstairs. Look at Aaron's basement. Oh, what's in Aaron's basement? Oh, wow. It's just a bunch of feet with a bunch of red threads connected together. It's like the psycho's basement, but it's just all pictures of feet. All right. Let's check it out. I don't think Aaron has What's a basement. I do not. K R O B. Listen, this is Wolfman Rob. Weird. Coming this at you. And Wolfman Rob is in a little bit of a legal problem right now due to legal a problem. soft scam that was run at him at a karaoke bar where he oh, said no. that it was going to be $40. Oh, no. And then it was 10 times that much. I listened now. back to that. That's way worse Wolfman than that. not a lawyer, but time. he does think he shouldn't have to pay if he doesn't want to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was at karaoke. <laughs> and I thought we made a deal <laughs> They charge, they charge so much money <laughs> And my wife, she didn't say no to them Even though I wanted her to So, oh, <laughs> oh I had to do some quick thinking now, now we know it's a story That's when I said We should call the credit card And tell yes. them we don't want to pay it Money we owe for running up that bill. Yeah. Well, it was mostly Jenny who said it. Mostly Jenny who said we should. In fact, if you were looking at this from a legal perspective, you could say my wife was in charge and she forced me not to pay the bill again. Well, now back my and will. It's not like decision. I was an accomplice or anything. It was actually mostly her fault. <laughs> when you want to hear about the greatest Stuff with like marital something, right, Russell? Yeah. Just, she's guilty, he's guilty, right? Look it up Sounds online. Listen, that, that was not only a song, it was also kind of a testimony. I don't know if you guys heard that part. It was illegal uh, precedent. You know, we're getting into holiday season. It's always good to treat your wife precedence. Beck did it. I listened back to that too. Beck did it better. Like we are we doing the top. <laughs> Go ahead. Are you seriously fucking over, talking <laughs> under me right when I start? I'm always talking, talking over you, me. not under you, over you. I always <laughs> set myself over to, you. I always set myself to a couple decibels above Aaron in the mix, so everybody knows who's who's the main host here. Uh, welcome everybody to Better. We are talking about the top 500 albums. We are all the way up to 68, uh, which doesn't seem that high unless you realize we're doing one a week. So this has been over a year of our life that we've devoted to this. And today we are talking about Hounds of Love by Kate Bush. You know, guys, it's really interesting. This 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 album, like Kate Bush, wrote all these songs. She sang all the songs. I mean, she pretty much did everything herself. I know exactly how she feels. I got Russ in Minnesota. Russ, how are you doing? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Is it time for the ratings? Oh. <laughs> Russ, how are you doing? Guys, if only I could, I'd make a deal with Steve. That's Steve. And I'd get That's him to swap Steve. our places. So then I could run up roads. So I could run up hills. So I could go on walking dates without sweating profusely. If only I could. <laughs> I've got Matt, Matt in Minneapolis. How are you doing, Matt? 
<laughs> Great, Rob. Thanks for having me. And I've got Aaron. Love that energy, by the way. I've got Aaron out in California. Aaron, how are you doing today? Rob, take my shoes off and throw them in the lake. I'm excited <laughs> to talk about this album. Excellent. Don't know what that means. Love it, though. I think it's great. Aaron doesn't even know we're doing a podcast. He was just saying that. He's like, oh, okay. Uh, today, guys, instead of, I'm not going to lie, the backslide is, is empty. We've hit zero. Uh, well, no, I was good. That's not what I said. Okay. That's not what I was going to say. What I was going to say was rock bottom. Uh, the, the back, the back line is not, well, it's not, not great today. So we have an alternate idea that we're going to do. All right. So today we are going to do a brand new segment on the show. Nice. I like new segments. And that is, uh, we, we're going to call this, uh, Rob's birthday suit. Everybody let's get in your birthday suit. (laughs) suit? Yeah. This seems, this seems bad. No, this is good. This is a good segment. We've all got towels with you in your birthday suit. We are going to do a little bit of contest, okay? And the winner winner does not get sued by us. And we're going to see who had the best song on their 16th birthday. Now, we are going to go to the website, uh, www.birthdayjams.com. Now, I was disappointed in this site because I did uh, go here hoping to buy my wife some jams on her birthday, okay? And it turns out instead it will find you the number one song on any day. That is the plan. Who has the best 16th birthday jam? I have not checked this out before. We are going to see. So here is mine. May 13th, everybody, just in case you let a Becker maniacs out there want to send me a gift. Okay. You can send a guess of what it is, Rob, or not for, for all I know, it was whatever was on the oldies channel. Cause that's all I was listening to. I I mean, there's gotta be Chumbawamba has gotta be in play for 96, (laughs) right? Chumbawamba. Oh my God! I know it's got to so, be early. So hey Rob, right? what's the what's the last four of your Social Security? Just I'm trying to. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to it is six nine six nine. A lot of people don't. Okay, that's a surprising. <laughs> Thanks, Rob. Thanks. What moons? What moons were you born in? Middle middle initial. What, what's the middle initial? <laughs> All great. Here we go. Okay. Find hit song for May thirteenth, ninety six. Yes. No, this can't be beaten. There's no Here, way. Picture Rob getting my license right when I turned 16. Turning on the radio. Oh, what's the number one hit? Okay. Oh, it's Bone Thugs. Don't like that. I'm going to turn it back to the oldies station. Oh, oh, I almost hit a car. True story. When I took my first drive after I got my license. Almost just T-bone somebody. How, how are any of us going to compete with this? Well, you're not. And maybe that was the point of this is that I knew what song I had. So that's why I picked 16th birthday. And I am indeed... Uh, going to win bone thugs and harmony aaron why is that song so good it's so good because it just like they started out with the oh mary don't you weep the mary don't you weep the gospel they're bringing in all that gospel influence but they got the new inflections and the sing-song rap and they're bringing the west coast and the midwest together it's just perfection right and anytime you're singing about death and you can make it sound fun it's great oh my god i think the rap ballad too or you know it's just there's nothing better than the rap ballad. Tupac's got a number of them. Biggie's got a number of them. You know, I think yeah. that just puts I'll it. I'll be missing there. you by Puffy, right? Yeah. All right, Aaron. Let's well, see. Not that one. When is that, <laughs> that, that song was so overplayed? I went uh, went, went out on a date with a woman, and after our nice. first date, she texted me and she said, nice. <laughs> "Can you let me know the day you were born, the month you were born, the year? So your birthday, 
yeah. and the exact time you were born because she wanted to do some sort of astrological search to whether we were compatible or not. Oh, wow. Just give her a fake one, right? Was her dad also the king of Nigeria at any point? Because I can tell you, that is, <laughs> if she starts wanting iTunes gift cards, Russell, you're in big trouble. Okay, two, three dates most, max. That's it. I'm, I'm still waiting for that inheritance. I haven't, It hasn't come through to my checking account yet. I think there's something wrong with the wire transfer. <laughs> So good. Aaron, give me your birthday. Let's find out when your birthday jam. What your January, birthday jam is for January, 16. Yeah, January 18th. January Same 18th. year as you, Robert. All right, January 18th. Let's check out what is Aaron's birthday jam. If I these are all sense. bone thugs, by the way, I didn't think about this. <laughs> Not going to work oh. if it's all the same. Ooh, that, wait, this is also about death. What, is it, what was going on in 1996? Yep. This you know what? This is a lot of shootings. There's this is the Biggie. Yeah, this is the Biggie Tupac <laughs> influence. Yep. What song yeah. is it? This is One Sweet Day by Mariah Carey and Boys to Men. And this has like the one person in the world, other than Mar- other than Whitney Houston, who was willing to go toe-to-toe with Mariah, Juanny Morris. He went off. He was like, I gotta have my spot against Mariah. Couldn't hold a candle. Watching this video, I realized how much I thought Mariah... This is bringing me back to Mariah Carey being hot in videos. I know I sold you guys out when we did the winter one and she was just in the red snowsuit the whole time. But she was so hot in videos like this. She's just in jean shorts and Converse and a white t-shirt. Ooh. I Boys to Men were so amazing back in the day. But I, I kind of had a moment with Boys to Men where I remember like Motown Philly, they were very... It was fast. It was like kind of rapish and then... And then they got into all these ballads, you know, I'll make love to you yesterday, all those things. And it, I kind of like when you were a 16 year old guy, it kind of was like, am I allowed to still be a fan of boys to men or are they too much like singing love songs the whole time? Did you guys ever go through that or not? That's the whole R&B kind of thing, right? I mean, yeah. Slowing down the jams. I mean, uh, I mean, you know, I mean dances yeah. at Richfield High School in 1996 were just filled with boys to men. Yeah, you know me. I never, I never, I never faltered. I never strayed from boys to men. But that, that was a, you know, I was a nerd. So, guys, I didn't want to do this to you, but we have a guest coming on the Zoom call. It's the guy with the deep voice from Boys to Men. (laughs) He's my favorite. Where's he been? Nobody's seen him in fifteen years. (laughs) How are you guys doing, girl? Up there, I just want to say how much I love you guys, and I want to say that I'll never be untrue to you. I got so many questions for this guy. How yeah. long can he stay? Deep, deep voice guy. <laughs> I, I want to know how it's going at your tour in Vegas for like the last 15 years you guys have been performing there. Girl, I just wanted He's to tell you it. that Motown Philly is back again for the last 25 <laughs> years. We have been down there. Uh, boys to Men is now, we just called Men to Old Men uh, is the name now. We mostly are eating crab legs and uh, living in Vegas, so... Uh, it is 100% the, what we always dreamed of. Motown Philly is in Vegas. Hey, deep voice guy. I got, I got, a, I got another question, deep voice guy. What happened Michael. to the fourth boy to bed? There, there was th- four boys to bed. Now there's only three. What happened to the fourth guy, deep voice guy? Turned out he was a Benjamin Button girl. He went the wrong way. He was going men to boys, and he didn't let us know until it was too late. We had to kick him out of the group. We said, nope, this is boys going to men. He was going the wrong way. He is now a spermatozoa. Okay, it's a sad, sad sight, but it's the way it goes. Bring in the I, like how, I, I also I also want to point out that Aaron does not want to engage on the improv bit during this, and instead, instead actually wants to talk about the music. I just he want to hear the song. It. That's all. I just want to listen to the song. Rob, you guys, take... Put put your mute on your headphones. I just got to talk to Rosie for a okay. second. Yeah, let's hear it, man. Hold on a second. 
Rosie, do we tell him that deep voice guy is the one that is not in the group anymore? Yeah. He's the one that's been out for 15 years before Magic Mike 69 calls us up. Yeah, right before somebody calls us out. No, no, he's the one who's not in Vegas anymore, and he's the one who just flew the coop. Should we tell him or not? No, man, just let it roll. Just All right, let, all right. Let, him, let him All right, go. guys, let come on back. Right. Come on back. Great bit, Rob. Like guys, that I'm so good good bit to you. Very timely, very topical. Yeah. I'm a sperm. With, that's why you can't see tax. me on the Zoom. I'm so small. <laughs> that's that's on me. Yeah, we finally got boys. to the moment where Wanya tries to go toe to toe with Mariah. Right. Uh, yeah, no. we don't have any more time. Boys did you guys, to men. Did you guys get ever ever get into like the boys to men knockoff groups like All for One? Yep. Or shy. any of those other groups like that? Shy. Did you ever get into those yep. or not? I got shy on no. CD. Right. I feel like it's like it's kind of like a ska band or some of these like swing. If you've got one good one that you know and you can. Yeah. And you yep. can reference, like, you start watering it down with two or three other ones. Well, so, there was something know. on Twitter today saying, like, hey, can we talk about how for two years there was just swing dancing was just swing dance music yeah. was big. Like, oh, right. you knew yeah. the Squirrel Nut Zippers. You knew Brian Setzer. Like, right. it was just two years. Everybody's like, swing dancing is going to be the biggest fucking thing. And I was like, eh, I'm not going to learn how to do it. We'll see if this sticks around. And guess what? I was right, dummies. Shy had Grinding never like, goes away. Swing dancing. See you later. Grinding never goes away. Aaron's doing his own separate podcast. Like, I got my own. own yeah, yeah, I'm not, I'm not joining you. what's going on. You, he you just learned it. You more episodes. Boys Mariah. <laughs> if he would listen to more episodes, he would realize that every time he talks under me, he gets edited out. Does not matter what he says. Okay. Does not matter if I'm fumbling over the words or trying to think of a good boys to men joke. Do do. Do they really not have the deep voice guy anymore? That's terrible. <laughs> I think Matt yeah. could be wrong on that. They got no. Have I think Matt's right. Guy. Yeah. You, you guys, wait, right. you guys are listening in. I, I God, uh, you know, well, we no, I have a little trust. I was at the, we got to we work on our technology for the earmuffs. <laughs> well, Matt, what's yours then? What's yours? Maybe if it's the same, well, we can just skip it. What's yours? Uh, oh no, Matt's is going to be a whole different year. Yeah, I'm another year. Yeah, oh, that's so, so exciting. So we got August 16th. Oh yeah. Here we go, August 16th. Let's see what the birthday jam. Let's hear a summer jam. Russell is. Okay, and this is probably the most yeah. fitting oh. song oh. for Russell ever. <laughs> Russell wanted to know what was the summertime jam in 96. Yes. This, I'm with An it. absolute with phenomenon. It. I mean, it is super fun. We went from the songs about death to whatever the hell this is. And this was a worldwide phenomenon, right? You, you can take the guy out of 1996, but you can't take the Macarena out of my dance moves right now. I still got it. <laughs> Could you how many how many moves are there? Are there eight moves? Could you legitimately do all? Because I've my kids started getting into this, and I you know you get to like the head, the head, the hip. You know, I I, I okay. got lost after about move well, four. Well, let's let's see. It's arm down. This further, left arm down, right arm up, left arm up, right arm on the shoulder, left arm on the shoulder, shoulder. I missed what that. What Right arm on the hip, left arm on the hip, right Swim. arm on the head, left arm on the head. Shake, 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 shake. I, I missed the shoulders. That's where I went wrong when I was trying to do with the kids. Were. I can this see why people like good two workout. Seinfeld-looking guys. It had like a Princess yeah. Di look-alike. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Are you talking about Los Del Rio? Okay, yeah, yeah. I am. <laughs> All I know about this song is that we asked my Spanish teacher in high school to translate the lyrics, and they would not do it, saying it was much, much, much too dirty. Wow. Yes. And I was like, I gotta know what the Macarena is about. So the Macarena might be like a song about pegging, and we don't even know it. <laughs> Right, they were early. Early, be like, 
Pegging. We're, we're up here with our hands on our head going, hey, we had a pegging in Spanish. We have no idea what's going on. But, you know, the, the not even the Gen, the Gen Zers call it the 1900s. Like the songs, <laughs> the, the, the songs oh, no. from the 1900s. So that is oh, that's hilarious. Awful. That's no, not good. That's, Can't be doing that. The songs from the 1900s hold up today. Like, eh, no. Yeah, because in my mind, this is like, these songs are like five years old. Like, right. Oh yeah, that was, that was high school, 10 years ago. Yeah, right. Like, like yeah. in their mind, we're listening to the Macarena and you're a grand old flag. I fly flag forever in peace. May you wave. Like that's what they thought yeah. our music, the 1900s music span. Well, I hate to do this to you, but literally like from this to Bob Newhart is like less time than from this to now. When we are like, <laughs> Don't do the math. It's too depressing. We can't do it. Uh, Matt, give me your uh, birthday. And don't say January, anything fucked up and weird. January. Okay. 13. You guys have some January birthdays. What was that like having a January birthday right after the holidays? It was, it was, I was just far enough away. Mine yeah, was. It was always yeah. fine. Yeah. It was never an issue. It was like three weeks after. My so daughter's got hers enough. on the 26th of December and she's still excited because yeah. she gets to see like my extended family for her birthday. She hasn't realized like, oh, that's actually one of the worst well, birthdays. You know, you like winter have. birthdays do suck compared to like what you can do in the <laughs> summer, you know, like right. pool parties and yeah. going to, yeah, that kind of thing. So is, is she also aware that like nobody wants to celebrate her birthday? Like they just have to be there for the family thing, but nobody's like going it to celebrate her birthday. It's so hard. To when you realize you did not get wrapping paper and like her birthday present has Santa on it, and you're like, oh, it's like, uh, oh yeah, happy birthday, ho ho ho, you know, it's like, oh no, um, it's good now. I often I often celebrate my birthday around my birthday in Las Vegas with you guys, so it's been a while now, yeah. but that's typically a weekend we're there, so that's bonus hey, for Aaron, me. Now. Don't worry, next time we go to Vegas, we'll ignore your birthday again. Like we've done the last, <laughs> I cannot don't worry remember about a single time I'm where we have talked about your birthday or mentioned eating. it. <laughs> When I'm eating alone at In-N-Out or Shake Shack, I'm celebrating my birthday. So, I Oh, my God. <laughs> That's both the saddest and funniest thing I've ever heard. You know what was worse was having a birthday in May. And again, I, I know I've told this before, but it was always during finals. It was right during finals. Like, oh, I'd be like, hey, guys, yeah. let's go out and party. And everybody's like, I go to study for my business you, you test or what? whatever. You guys... You guys are the whiniest punks I've ever heard in my life. You're like, oh, it's too close to the holidays. Rob is like, it's too close to finals. I was a summer birthday and young for my age. That means I was the last kid to be able to drive in my grade. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I was the last kid to turn 18 and be able to go to the deja vu or whatever, whatever gentleman's club you went to as an 18 year old. The last oh, one to turn 21 in college and get into a bar. Yeah, I was the last one to do all that stuff legally. Russell sees all of his friends doing like playing the scratch off lottery tickets and entering the draft. And he's like, oh, darn it. We're like, aha. Son of a bitch. <laughs> aha. I just lost $12 on scratch offs, you idiot. Yeah. <laughs> That's my favorite comment on my, one of my bits is Russell going, yeah. Yeah. What's that, means right. time, that means it's time to move on. Let's hear Matt's That is jam. high praise. This is the worst. This is the worst one at all. What? No. Well, I don't know. Once one. we see the video, you might think differently. T- to be fair, this Matt's birthday being in a different year makes him a millennial, and we were not I millennials, am. right? A millennial so by 13 days. You can tell That's immediately true. his music's not oh, as good. Oh, I think I'm technically a millennial. Nope. 1980? January 1 of 1981 and on. Shit. Ooh, little Tony Braxton. I oh, mean, this, I mean, I can't. Look at this guy. This. Oh, my God. Is it Tyson Beckford? No, it's Tyson Beckford. Oh, it's Tyson Beckford. Yeah. Hot. Steamy. Hot he is. It's a steamy video. Jeez. I don't know. Matt might win. It's 
So this is Tony Braxton, Unbreak My Heart. We'll get to the chorus. This is pretty good. Yes, right? Russell, your song's way better than this one. I don't know, man. Ooh. This is... Oh, jeez. I didn't... I don't remember this much logic. You know what? I was always wondering why I was constantly jacking off in the <laughs> early 90s and watching these four videos, I now realize, with the exception of Bone Thugs, these are hot videos. You know what I mean? Oh, when you do that thing in the pool. Oh, my God. Oh, I, Aaron's not Lord. even listening. He's like, Aaron, you keep going. I'm gonna, but, like, you know. Can you I, imagine Rob's mom, like, walking down the stairs and he's fumbling to get the video, the VHF yeah. tape off the Macarena video? He's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> she sees me from the back and it's like my hands it's like yeah I know there's some stuff on the waist but he's doing a lot oh, of no, stuff on the waist it? like for the whole song Jeez, it's so this crazy is intimate. this is really getting into yeah. some stuff guys I don't know I think we gotta everybody yep, she's that's shaving it. him would you guys podcast. ever let your wife shave your face absolutely 100%. 100% not that would be a disaster I let her cut my hair once when we lived in northern Minnesota it looked like somebody took a five iron to the back of my head and did practice with it it was one of the worst haircuts I've ever gotten in my life she was like, I didn't know how to do it. I was like, you don't, how do you not, like, how do you cut chunks out of my hair? So yeah, I, but you know, that's the thing is like, I think about me, like, this is how tough my child is now, right? It's like, I'm trying to crank it. And meanwhile, I'm trying to get Mariah without the boys to men in there. Like, that's tough. That's only 20% of that video is Mariah. And instead I'm looking at the low face guy. It's giving me bad connections low, in my head. I mean, low faced. I mean, low voice. Guy. He also had a low face. A lot of people don't realize that's why his voice is so low. Very long face. Yeah, his his face was down to his belly button. Walked into the bar. Yeah, he had to lift up his shirt to eat a burger. Face. A lot of people don't realize that. He'd be like, "Girl," she's like, "Who's talking to me?" Down to your girl. I'm by his belt. It's like, wow, you have a low face. Yeah, a lot of people didn't know that. Well, you know, that's why this is a music podcast. We're dropping facts. All right, let's get into everybody. Guys, that segment was a hit. And guess what? We're doing it again next week because our voicemails really suck. So let's get ready for our 17th birthdays next week. Yes. <laughs> Just Matt is always one well, my, week behind against Russell's song from the week before. Oh, no. Aaron, what did you say? I said my 17th birthday song will be the same as Matt's 16th birthday right. song. Pretty good yeah. chance. Maybe not. Yeah. Maybe not. But that's I'm willing a, to... I, I'm willing to watch it again. Yeah. That For you guys, is. I'll make the so, ultimate sacrifice. I will watch Tony Braxton video one more time. Next Aaron, week. Aaron, I love you. Okay. You know that, right? But what is your zoom setting on? Are you just looking at a picture of yourself talking? Like, do you see any of us, the rest of us in your zoom? Like when yeah, I'm talking, can see you see you. that? Yeah, totally. Cause if I feel like sometimes when I start talking, that's exactly when you start talking. I feel like sometimes when I start talking, that's exactly when you start talking. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Well, oh, you know what? You want to talk? Guess what? We're only going, Aaron. How's it going with you? It's going great. I took a bike ride today. It's going which great. Which was really nice. I enjoyed my bike ride today. Um, it was longer are than I usually go. Are you fully recovered from your, from your previous yeah. bike accident? Like, are you allowed to go on, like, mountains? Or how, how are you doing? No, I'm not. Being more yeah, careful? no, that's a, that's a fair question, Russell. I am uh, I'm not riding on the mountain bikes. Still, I'm, I'm just doing the asphalt, so I'm just out there on my road bike. But today was a glorious morning. I got out. It was really nice. Lately, when I've been going out in the afternoon, I feel like I want to die. So I got out in the morning, and that felt good. Um, so that was nice. I want to talk a little bit about something I ate this week. And Rob, um, I know you're mad at me, so, you know, do with this what you will. But uh, we might need the okay. James Brown sound cues for this one. I haven't been talking about things I eat lately. And this week, I ate... <laughs> I ate a fish sandwich from Lovely's in downtown Oakland. 
It was like if like when Jesus did the loaves and fishes, this is the fish sandwich he's talking about. So we got no wait a minute. Perfectly what? fried, perfectly fried rockfish. <laughs> Tartar sauce with dill in it. <laughs> House pickles. Potato bun. Oh. Okay. Nailed it. Everything, everything perfect. The, the greatest fish hit, sandwich hit I've the, ever had in my life. Hit it. Well, yeah! I mean, like, what a sandwich! <laughs> James Brown and Aaron, right? Is that Aaron yeah! told a story and just kept going up, and the story never <laughs> came to a conclusion. Like, there's normally a tone in your voice where it's like, and the potato bun, he nailed and it. Potato bun? And he's like, potato yeah. bun, and that's it. I just was so excited about this fish sandwich. So shout out to Lovelies in Oakland. Best fish sandwich I've ever had in my life. They're a great burger joint, and I decided I decided to forego the burger, get the fish sando. Everything about it was perfect. I was so excited. Dill in the tartar sauce. What set it apart from a filet fish at McDonald's? <laughs> Less cheese. Potato cheese? bun? There was no cheese. no cheese. I probably could ask for cheese if I wanted, but uh, the, yeah, the Martin's <laughs> potato roll. Uh, fresh fish from the Monterey Fish Market in Berkeley. Uh, okay, chili pepper well, rockfish from the from the bay. Expertly fried. <laughs> He's just going and through it again, Russell. What have you the done? The pickles <laughs> and the tartar sauce. And then, I mean, it was just, it's just a perfect, perfect yeah, constructed sandwich. <laughs> fish sandwich. I was so stoked. Woo. What's your thought, Aaron? If you had a choice between a fish sandwich and like a crispy chicken sandwich, where are you going with that? That's, see, that's a tough call because they had a crispy chicken sandwich at this place, too. And in this case, spicy I chose... Spicy Christmas? Spicy they did. They had or? Yeah, they had a hot chicken. Ooh, see, that's the... So I, but I went with the fish, I went with the fish sandwich because I asked the guy at the counter, like, am I crazy? I literally, Rob, I asked him that. Am I crazy for foregoing the burger for the fish sandwich? And he said, no. He said, yeah, every day this man said to me, look me right in my eye holes. (laughs) And he said to me every day, I think about eating that fish sandwich. (laughs) And then we, and then we, and then we sell out of it and I have to eat a burger instead. And he's like, I'm not mad. That sounds like what they tell people when it's been sitting there for like five days and they really need to get rid of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, day old it bread. A, it was a Friday. I don't know. Man. I'm not sure what day the fish truck comes in. It was downtown Oakland. So I, it's, it's sort of, yeah, it's kind of Just as long as it's not Monday. Blocks. Yeah. It's Monday. That fish yeah, has been sitting Mondays. around for a while. Yeah. yeah. It was Friday. So that's your rolling going as a fish sandwich you had? Yeah, it was so good. You guys, I mean, you've been asking about what I eat. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really, listening to Aaron tell a story would be like James Brown doing a concert, and then at the end, it ends with him like reading a part of the newspaper and then kind of trailing off as he goes off stage. Like, there's no true end. You kind of have to say, like, "Oh, is that all you're going to say?" And he's like, "Yeah, it was, it was good." Uh, but I am Aaron, jealous I, of Aaron, you I, eating a good uh, fish sandwich. I got to say, Aaron, I got to warn you. If the remember the guy who you booed at the musical, if that guy <laughs> listens to our podcast, I guarantee he just booed you on that. Oh, 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 oh. Folks, if you are eating a delicious sandwich at any point in this week, please text the Beck line uh, with, uh, uh, let's call it uh, potato roll. Yeah, let's go hashtag potato roll. Put your sandwich into the Beck line. Uh, I would prefer that over the uh, the 10 or so texts I got. It were just pig scrotums that we got in the last week. Uh, I would rather be seeing pictures of sandwiches. So once again, sitting at work, getting a text, <laughs> eager to check it. It is a pig scrotum. So I did appreciate that. Thanks, everybody, for sending me those. Uh, Matt, rolling going. How's it going with you? Uh, good. I just got back from a, a nice long weekend with uh, Joe and Matt from Woodbury. A couple of good hardcore sports fans. So we were down in... Iowa City to see the Gophers lose to uh, the Iowa Hawkeyes once again. Yeah. We're going to fight. 
I, I, or half of the, well, there's, there's two things that are extremely fun on this trip down. The second time we've made it. First one, you always, hey, on the hey, way down. Hey, Rob, yo. Aaron, did you guys get the invite for this trip or not? Really yeah, actually, from, I did. I'm from Iowa, and nobody asked <laughs> you me to come along. Invite, That's, I did. Strange. I got a text saying, yeah. hey, do you want to come? Like, fly in. I'm inviting uh, everyone I want to go with. Please come with me. No. <laughs> yeah, I didn't I didn't make the cut. I don't know what happened. That's, that's what, odd. So what was the first thing that made it memorable, Bat? Well, usually it's you make it, you, you head down and there's the Medford Mall. You get south of where you could turn off for St. Olaf oh and you get before you get jerseys. You go to Medford Mall and there's yep. the Nike outlet. Well, the yes. fucking Nike outlet is not there anymore. What? It's oh. shut down. Shit. And that was like a true Nike outlet. You know, like you got like the fake Nike outlets mm-hmm. that like the Tangiers that are, you know, they're just selling Nike gear. They say it's, it, but this was like the true, like you go there and you find uh, gems, right? And so the, yeah. we spent so much money there last time and it was great. It's so much fun, but that's shut down. So that got ruined. <laughs> Second thing. Okay, really trip's, trip going great so far. <laughs> yeah. You can tell when a married guy goes on a road trip because like, what's the best part of your trip? Well, the mall we go to is normally closed, but my family wasn't there. So I thought that was really fun. <laughs> Couldn't get my normal Nike tearaways. Yeah. We, we got Diamond Joe's just over the border into, into Iowa. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they've got uh, sports betting. You can, they got a sports book there. You can go there. You know, and as most of us here, well, we're all in the annual Vegas trip. Uh, Joe, Joe from Joe from Woodbury, he loves betting on sports, and so I go there, and I'm literally like, Joe, what are you betting on? I'll just I'll I'll put in whatever you're going with. Let's just go with it, right? And so it ends up being awesome because he's got all these insights on this quarterback starting here, this one's not here, and what do you think about this? And let's do this parlay and all this stuff. And it's so much fun. And so I think I texted you guys on Friday night because we were like three for three in our bets. Three for three out of like the 24 bets that we made mm-hmm. or something like that. And then I think we ended up like five for 24. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Good feeling. So did, you guys, did you guys make your bets on the way down, head to the game, and then stop on the way back to cash out your tickets? Or yeah. what did you do? Yep. Yep. So, and I don't mind, you know, I don't mind saying what I put in. So I put in 200 bucks, right? Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, I got back 176 bucks. And so worth it, worth I, I lost 24 and that, that is a huge win in my book because I think yeah. there's nothing to me. There's nothing, you know, most people love betting on sports because it just makes watching that game that much more exciting. Right. Well, Half the time, I don't remember like who we bet on or what we did. Joe's got this all in his head. And you know, like, oh, it's 24 and a half points, not 21 and a half points. And then you end mm-hmm. up doing so many bets that you don't know what the hell is going. So I don't know. It, it ends up being more stressful for me. I think I would rather just bet on the teams that I want to win. So like we bet on the Gophers, yeah. but the under, right? And I was like, well, I, I want to bet Gophers and over because I just want the Gophers to keep scoring. Like that's what I want to cheer for right. kind of a thing. And so... I don't know. So I, I think it, it, I might be like in one of the 5% of the population that thinks that betting on sports is more stressful than, and it's not as fun as just watching the game. But I don't know. Do you guys, I'm picturing Joe with like a gun to your head being like, Oh, I noticed you haven't put a bet yet. You better put one down. You're like, please. No, I don't like gambling. I don't like putting well, money it, on this. It, it ultimately ends up being like six o'clock on Saturday. Right. And it's like, he, he, he bets so that he's always got something going, yeah, yeah, you know, at all right. different yeah, all different times, and so he goes, "Oh, geez, well, we shouldn't have put that money on uh, Akron State or something like that." I'm like, oh, I remember we did, you know? so, but yeah. it makes it fun. But are you guys sports gambling people? Do you like betting on sports? Or? I, I absolutely love sports gambling. Is one of my favorite things to do because you can put down twenty bucks and you can sit there for three hours and enjoy the twenty that's bucks. True. Whereas yeah. blackjack, that's like that can be a two thirty second hands. You know, it's like yeah. gone right away. 
And the reason I love sports betting too is that you can take a game and make a bet that's always going to be good. So you can say like, oh, I hope that this tight end is going to score one touchdown this game. That's all you're watching for the whole game. You couldn't care less what's going to happen. You're like, God, please throw it to number 84. I'm begging you, please, please, please. And it's just, it's so exciting. I love it. One, I, have, I have a buddy, I, I sports gamble with you guys in Vegas. I used to gamble on sports when I was younger a little bit, but I think it was probably going to go the wrong route. So I kind of just stopped doing that. <laughs> yeah. I have a buddy and I kind of like this. He is now, he's a big Minnesota sports fan. He's one of our listeners. And now he always bets against his Minnesota teams. Mm. So he's essentially trying to buy wins. So he will bet against the Vikings, bet against the Gophers, bet against Smart. the Twins. And then if they win, his team wins. If they lose, he wins money on it. So he kind of looks at it as I'm going to win either way. <laughs> so he's probably rich in the last 25 years. Yeah, I was going to say, that buddy's he? name is Elon Musk. He's one of the richest <laughs> men in the United States. He made it all through gambling against Minnesota sports teams. Yeah, I will say I've, this, though, Rob. Like, you, you show up in, like, at the sports books, and there's people there that haven't taken a shower in like three weeks. Nice. And they haven't bought a new jacket in like mm-hmm. 30 years kind of a thing. Degenerates, right? <laughs> and so like the way you do it, and I think is the best way to you bet like 20 bucks a game, right? Like, Hey, I might lose it, but whatever. That's, that's the, if that's the worst thing that happens to me, 20 bucks, 20 bucks, yeah. three hours of entertainment. That's fine. I could not make a living doing it. I don't know how those well, people, well, what, ha- those yeah, people. what happens when it's legal in your state and all of a sudden you're like, Oh, I could just go on my phone real quick and put a $20 bet. And then be like, well, that didn't win. So you know what I'll do is I'll put a $40 bet. Cause that's exactly what happened to me when I got into, I think every guy does this, right? Where you get into gambling at some point and you're like, you do yeah. well one time and you're like, am I a professional I gambler? Is this yeah. my thing now? <laughs> and so I was doing online video poker when Jenny was in medical school. And so I, I know absolutely nothing about poker. I signed up for a tournament. You got you like, I sent my money to like Cameroon or something. And then they sent me yep. double the money in chips. Right. So I was like, well, already I've made a hundred bucks or whatever. So I got 200 bucks of chips, enter a, a, like a $500 tournament or 500 person tournament. I get third place. Just total blind wow. luck. Just end up to the final table. I get third place, win a ton of money. And all of a sudden I'm like buying like sunglasses with the eyes on it. Like trying to think of like what my nickname is going to be. I'm like, oh my you're, God. You're measuring uh, your wrist size to see what size your world series of poker oh, bracelets I was going like, to be. And so then like, then it got to the point where like we were having a party at our place and I was playing two tables of poker at the same time on the computer. So I'd be going, cause I was like, I don't like all this folding. So I'd be like, I'm going to go back and forth, but I'd stay at like a 25 cent, like buy-in or whatever, like a a small blind, right? Big blind. And then I read in a book that if you were really, really good at poker, you could make one big blind an hour. And so I was like, oh, I'll make 25 cents an hour. This is not worth it to me. I'm I'm going to stop doing this. And luckily that coincided exactly with the point where I ran out of all my money in Cameroon, who the guy in Cameroon got every single cent plus the free 200, which ended up not being a free 200 if you really think about it. So, man. I've only done sports gambling. I never understood sports gambling. It it, it never made sense to me. I still don't understand money lines or any of that. Uh, But I always throw in my cash with you guys when I'm in Las Vegas. And I enjoy how it uh, enhances the viewing experience for games. Time doesn't exist in the sports book. I mean, maybe it's the gummies, but you just you're in the sports book. You sit down in the nice lounge. You get a Coors Light or whatever. And you're just like watching a thousand games. And once in a while you cheer for something. And then. It's always like, I really love that moment when another group of people across the room is cheering for the same weird bet yeah. you are. Totally enjoy that. Yeah. But Russell, I like your, I like your friend's um, tactic because as you all know, my only college sports team that I care about is the Iowa State Cyclones. And I think they are now 
two and seven against the spread this year. So I should have just been betting against them every week and I could have made some good cash on that one. Russell, rolling going. How's it going with you? Rolling going. It's going pretty good. I have a kind of a, another musical adventure. I went to the Stones. I had another musical adventure. Oh, God. And this one, it was actually oh, a musical. I went to a musical Whoa! this last weekend. Uh, yes. Uh, and I, I went and saw it. Wait, 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 wait. Was, this a, was yes. this a real thing or were you on like outside on the docks in Stillwater? You're like getting a discount <laughs> musical or is this like a junior no, this, high somewhere? This is not what? like the Billy Joel one where I didn't know what instruments they were playing and didn't remember any of the songs. Mm-hmm. Different. I actually went to the Orpheum and I saw the musical Oklahoma. Have you guys ever seen the musical oh, Oklahoma before? I, Oklahoma, where, where the winds come. You know, I did see it, Russell. It was at the uh, Chan Asin Dinner Theater, though, and it was yeah. horrible. You know, like what, what made it bad, man? I'm <laughs> interested. Ooh, I'm interested. Because what, why didn't you like I, it? I can imagine that the actors at the Orpheum, great, but like the actors at the Chan Hassan Dinner Theater, and I don't know these people if they're good or not. I, again, I don't know music, so Rosie well, can tell me. I think me the if they reviews are in. I think you've already. They wouldn't have hired me. Your yeah, that's actually a tough gig to get. They wouldn't have hired me. So yeah, well, but the guy that was like, doing the whole, like you know, the the only thing I remember is the guy who was doing the, the you know, what you guys were just singing the Oklahoma part. Oh, it just Oklahoma, <laughs> it was just not curly hitting at all or something like that. So what? you know, everybody else was probably great, but. Um, so I did see it, but it was, you know, it was at the Chan Hassan dinner theater. So, you know, I was, take that with a grain of salt. I saw a play once at the Chan Hassan dinner theater. I was in my fair lady in high school because the, uh, play director was like, Hey, do you want to be in my fair lady? You can pick any, uh, female you want to dance with in the school and like bring her along. Like I, I, looking back, I don't get how that works. It sounds like it might've been sort of a questionable thing. So I had this crush on this girl. So I was like, Hey, let's, do you want to be in the play with me? And so for like, days we would practice this dance where, like we're holding each other on stage in retrospect probably one of the greatest disasters like being close to me for a long period of time is not the best way to like become attracted to me like i'm more attracted like from a distance that's why we're doing this over zoom rob like listening to me on a podcast where i get to edit what comes out of my mouth is probably the best way to get a crush on rob i know a lot of our listeners a lot of the foot freaks out there have gotten uh crushes on me and and send me uh, pictures you're, of pig scrotums you're like a you're like a monet painting aren't you rob like if you're far away <laughs> yes. full on monet yeah yeah i'm like i'm actually more like one of those magic eyes like you got to kind of sit there and stare at it for about 5 minutes with your eyes kind of like like little bit closed and you're like i think i see something i like and it's like all right where the so then i would just be in the first half of my fair lady right and then my friends and i would go and get uh dinner and then we'd come back for curtain call and come out for everybody cheering for us and stuff so it wasn't until i was like 25 where i actually figured out what my fair lady was about and i was like that's what henry higgins was up to that whole time i was like oh they actually did work out because i never saw the second half but it's really low stakes russell i know this is your rolling going i'm sorry we tried to watch my fair lady on uh netflix recently uh, because i'd never seen it and my wife Mm -hmm. is a, a fan of the show First of all, the movie version, the colors, incredible. Cinematography, fantastic. But so much talking. There's so much goddamn dialogue in that, in that movie. I just want to hear the people sing. It's all dialogue. And then it's, like, it's really low stakes. Like It's just a guy who's like, I think I can make this lady sound like she's higher class than she actually is. It's just, it's just it, I don't get it. Uh, I had a hard time with it. We never finished it. It's kind of like, it's kind of like an old-fashioned how high Right, where Red Man and uh, <laughs> Red Man, who's the other guy that was in that? Red, Method Man. <laughs> Method Man and Red Man went to Harvard M-E-T-H-O-D, and they were just super high. Man. It's kind of like that a little bit, right? Where they're like, I bet we can get into Harvard. And then they do. Right. And it's, yeah. Right. I'm, a smart, I'm smart for saying that. So, Russell, you saw Oklahoma at the Orpheum. That's real life shit. 
it, it, it was legit. It was really, it was fun to go to, but I've realized I like musicals. I don't go to a ton of them, but I like them when it's like, you've got this rousing chorus and people are having fun and dancing around and singing and having fun. But this mm-hmm. one got a little dark and violent. And I was Oklahoma's like, I'm dark, out yeah. on this. I, I don't want any part of this. You know, they were firing off, you know, fake guns in the room. And I was just like, I, I'm out on this. I, I don't want any part of this. What is the best musical? Aaron, what is the best musical you've ever seen? Best musical I've seen in person? Yeah. I mean, I saw Rent in New York in 1997, 96, 97. Yeah, summer of 97. And I mean, that was, to me at that time, that just blew me away. Um, So, like, I was listening to Rent every day and, you know, to see it live, that for me was the best. I would say close second, though, Book of Mormon. That shit is hilarious. I love that one. So that one I've seen more recently. Yeah. Book of Mormon, guys, right? Book of Mormon was super funny. And then Avenue Q, I saw that. Jenny and I were in London one time and we said, okay, we have enough money to go see a show or get a hotel room for the night. And we're like, ah, let's go see Avenue Q. And then we slept in the airport. So we saw (laughs) Avenue Q and there's a bunch of puppet sex that's happening throughout the whole thing. Highly recommend it. Great. Don't remember anything else about it, but it was really, I loved it. Yeah. I saw Hamilton, I think. You know, nice. see the original cast. That's that's a good one. Yeah, there's yeah. a touring cast that came through here, which was pretty darn good. But the one that hit me the most was the Lion King, and you know the mm-hmm. the music uh-huh. and the pageantry of everything, and the way they've got the costumes. Um, that one actually hit me the best. Is like that was the best one I've seen from a see just that's a pure cool. musical standpoint with everything they had going on. But the, the rest of them were great. Wicked, you know, Avenue Q, all of those. Yeah. I've seen a lot of them, and it's it's. They're they're great. I, they're, it's like you know, for guys like us who are degenerate cool. sports oh. gamblers who love going to Vegas once a year and stuff like that. Like going to a musical is good. It's something that we it's should true. all do a little bit more because it is true kind of old school art, even though it's all new things like that. But it's good point on Hamilton, Matt. I did I did not want to like Hamilton. I went into it like I don't want to like this. I think Lin Manuel Miranda is corny. It's going to be a lot of corny rippity rapping. And I yeah, absolutely loved Hamilton. Good good call. Yeah. I did have a question about musicals for you guys. So the next time I go, I'm curious, when do people clap after songs? Because sometimes people clap after a song or like a presentation. Sometimes they don't. Is it just like, hey, if they really crush it, we're going to give them a round of applause? Or is it supposed to be clap after every song? Every song. Whatever you feel. You got to clap every song. There were songs last night where people were not clapping afterwards. Oh, and then there were gosh. other ones where it was like people were really into it. And when the people didn't get an applause, I was like, I felt kind of bad. And and I don't even think they were necessarily better or worse than the other ones. They just no one clapped for them. You just hear like the one clap. It's just it, it slows nothing. down. It's like, oh, no, that's. But again, that's you worst. know, for for for. Guys like us, I mean, it's a win in Rome scenario. You're not going to start the clapping on that thing. You know, you just follow along with the crowd and you can't go wrong. Right. Like, but if you're the one who's starting all of a sudden when nobody else mm-hmm. is supposed to be clapping, that's. But that's, if you uh, feel it, if, if you like it and you feel like clapping, you should do it. And some songs are, you know, I want to remind everybody, Aaron has also booed people at a show like that. So I don't know yeah. if we can take right, because advice. you got to do both. You got to give, you got to give them what you, you feel. You're right. you you, a good you, audience you paid your you ticket, man. You, you paid yeah. your ticket. That's your seat. You're there to give them what you feel. <laughs> so, so I think doesn't Kate Bush sing about one hand clapping on this album? I think she does, right? Yeah, it sounds like me watching that Boys to Men. <laughs> I was trying to set you up. You know? uh, Russell, how much was a Russell? How much was an Oklahoma T-shirt? Was that uh, did you get out <laughs> there for under fifty bucks? Any, I did not get any swag at this one. I did not get any swag, but I did do something completely different. 
I got tickets and I wasn't really paying attention, but I was like, no balcony this time. I'm not risking the oh, balcony set on the floor. The yeah. the best. But I wasn't paying attention. We ended up in the very front row, so you oh. couldn't really see in the back. Wow. So I've kind yeah. of I've screwed up tickets again. I'll, I'll say one. this though, Russell. <laughs> uh, hey, at like the Orpheum or the State Theater, yeah. the first row of the of the first balcony. Yeah. Is the best seat to sit in. You see everything down. I'm Son not lying. I'm not. I'm not trying. I'm just, this is for future reference. Yeah. Actively seek out that first because you've got nobody in front of you, and it, you're looking down at everything. You can mm-hmm. see a lot of stuff that's going on. It is awesome, for Russell. Just the next time you go, my my advice, Russell, would be to take the tickets you're going to buy and then do the exact opposite of what you want to do, and that would probably be the right decision. That seems to be the pattern that we're finding here. So you sat in the first row of the. Or I just I went on StubHub. I clicked yeah. on like whatever the best seats were then they looked like a good value and I bought yeah. them and I wasn't really paying attention. And then nice. we kept walking down to our seats and we were in right in front, right in front. Wow. But then you get to see the orchestra, right? I mean, that's cool. No, the orchestra was back behind on the uh, main okay. stage. So you couldn't see them at all. Actually. Russell. Uh, so my rule going this week, I, I got a, I got a thing, Russell. I think I need your advice as a, oh, no. uh, as a single guy. I need your advice. So I'm going to get into your get, advice. Get, get, corner. Get, get nice. Okay. Ooh, You're going to get to the corner. Huh? Russell's yeah. Advice corner. Oh, this is kind of erotic yeah. over this corner. Uh, do you feel erotic when you're in the corner? Don't answer that. Uh, so here's the deal. Uh, it, it, I, the other day I came home and Jenny goes, Hey, do you want to hear a secret? And I was like, Oh yes, this is going to be great. Maybe it's time to get pegged or whatever. Uh, and then she told me a story about work. So my question is this, Russell, how do I avoid, like, how do I avoid coming home and just talking to my wife about work and kids? Like, how can I start a conversation that is not talking to my wife about work? My wife has one of the most boring work scenarios ever and I bet I hear about it for 35 minutes a day. So what can I do to A, start a conversation that's not about that, and B, bail out of a conversation that has gone terribly wrong? What can I do to pull that ripcord and get out? By the way, marriage going fine. Just want to remind everybody. <laughs> I, I think you're you're 16 years in or whatever. I think you're stuck. I think you just got to keep going with the way it's going, right? I don't think, I don't think there's a way for you to pivot at this point, is there? Hold on. All right, let's get into the it's album. Time for nobody's favorite part of the show. Let's talk about the My album. Favorite part. Oh, yeah. Guys, guess what? I'm back on my NPR bullshit here. Let's hear it. Kate Bush was really only happy when she was in charge of things. In the mid-1970s, progressive rock was becoming more and more popular with Pink Floyd, Jethro Tull, Rush, and yes, all getting top albums in the U.S. Record companies were desperate to find the next progressive superstar. It turned out to be a perfect time for Kate Bush. She had already produced 50 demo songs with her family, and these tapes were given to David Gilmore from Pink Floyd. After he listened to them, he agreed to help her record a proper demo, along with Jeff Emmerich, the sound engineer for the Beatles. Wow. So first of all, can you imagine that? Like you, You're like, oh, I'm going to make a demo tape. Oh, I've got David Gilmore and Jeff Emmerich. You'd be like, this, yeah. I'm set. Star-studded lineup. EMI eventually signed her, but to her frustration, they put her on retainer. So she took the time and her sizable advance and spent the money on interpretive dance and mime classes, which kind of tells you where we're going with this album here. By 1977, she had made demos of over 200 songs and was finally allowed to release her first album, A Kick Inside, with the hit single, Weathering Heights. EMI wanted a different song for the lead single, but Assertive Bush insisted on Weathering Heights and would assist again with Running Up That Hill on this album. The Kick Inside was a hit. Kate Bush became the first UK woman to achieve a number one hit 
with her own written song with Wuthering Heights in 1978 when she was 19. She was also the first female artist ever to write every song on a million-selling album. Hmm. EMI pressed her to make another album quickly, and she did, and it came out and she was disappointed in the rushed album. She learned her lesson from not listening to herself and to allow herself to have the maximum amount of control. She set up her own publishing and management company while also building a 24-track studio in the barn behind her house. This is also where she started the extensive use of the Fairlight CMI sample synthesizer that we hear on this album. So here we have the first album where Kate Bush got what she always wanted, to be in charge of everything. Let's listen to Hounds of Love. Now, this album is set up in an interesting way, okay? And I'm going to put interesting maybe in quotes. The front half is a classic album, right? The back half is what we call the ninth wave. It's a suite about a woman afloat in the ocean after a shipwreck. So let's get through the first five songs of the the, the front side of the album. This is the hit and Kate Bush's uh, biggest hit, Running Up That Hill. And Big Boy's favorite song, which I've mentioned a thousand times. I listened to this song two dozen times this week. I loved it. This I thought song it was so good. Rips like I'd never heard this album. When I put this on, I was like, no. "This is where we're at. This is what. This is what I've been missing. This thing rocks." And I, I think a big reason this song got all the way up to this is three in the UK, thirtieth on the Billboard. It's, it's by far her most popular song. But she has never performed this song live until she did a, a show with in nineteen eighty seven with David Gilmore. So she she wrote this song, put it out in 85, didn't perform it live until 87. She never toured after 1979. And then she did a 22-show set in 2014, I think. So that's why, I mean, I think Kate Bush never really took off because you just have never seen her play live. Because like I said, she didn't want to. She's like, yeah, fuck it. I don't want to play live. Nobody's going to make me do it. Uh, the original title on the song was A Deal With God, but the, the record company thought that was way too controversial. So instead they made it Running Up The Hill. What do you guys think? I think Deal With God is a much better song title. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, two things. One, be a 19-year-old and tell a bunch of studio execs and all that to F off and, mm-hmm. you, know, play, you know, that her first album, good for her, all that stuff. You know, I think this song, if, if the whole album sounded like this song, and I'm not saying that it doesn't, but, like, this song absolutely caught me when I've heard it the first time. Yep. Um, you hear it lately in some groups like Churches, and I think the whole synth pop, you know, kind of uh, early '80s is back, and it's big, and it's awesome, and the Euro synth pop is is great. And so, you know, I think it's only going to get that much more popular, and I think she'll be even more popular in the next ten years because of it. But um, yeah, I think you, this the second title. What did you What did you say it was? A, uh, a deal with God. Yeah, would have been great, but you can see, yeah. I think it, <laughs> in the '80s that just wasn't going to fly in. England, jolly old England. She said the song was about men and women swapping places and being able to understand each other better. If I gave you like a week where you could live as a woman, would you do it? Do I have to go out yeah. and be with you or not? <laughs> yes. Let's just, <laughs> yep. Russell, no, no big deal, but let's just say yes. I kind of want to see what a bra feels like. Have you guys ever thought about that? Like just put, what? like I don't even get, how would I put on a bra to begin with? I don't get it. Like, do I have, in movies, they're always doing that, like, reach behind the back. I can't reach back that far. Would I only be wearing sports bras? Have your physical therapist do it after your treatment. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of my wife's going there tomorrow. Oh, I've been I, I mean, I kind of feel like you, in you, 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 it's one of those things where, you, where you'd find out too many things that you just didn't want to know. And, like, you just can't come back from it. And then, I don't know. Like, you, you're better... My, 
not knowing what you don't know. Yeah. Blissful ignorance. Kind of, I mean, I'd have to try right. it, but yeah, I think, I think, things I think are, everybody, I think everybody would see you'd have to try things it. Things are more difficult for know. them. I think. I think I'd rather shave my legs too than my face. Cause I'm always cutting on my face. Like in my mustache, you can see it's not even, you can it's cut a disaster. Your, if I screw up my legs, legs a little around. bit, who cares? Yeah, you what? can shave your legs. There's a number of, there's a number of our buddies, Brian from Woodbury. He shaves his legs. Can I, should I be shaving my legs? Is that yeah. something I should be well, doing? Trimming. I don't know if he shaves, he like, trims them. Right. Like, don't you need to look good in your singlet, Rob? Don't you need to grease yeah. up and, and such? Like you should, yeah, you should be shaving your legs. <laughs> I, I like how you guys are thinking that I look good greased up and with no hair <laughs> on my legs. Like it's just a couple of hot dogs. Walking around yeah, there. Yeah, I'm saying like, <laughs> I can tell you right now, it does not matter what I do in my singlet. I don't look good. There's, there's just nothing. Dude, you when you go to the Arnold's, you got to shave your legs. Also, you need to get tanning. Trim them. Yeah. Just trim them. I look like a sack of potatoes. <laughs> Some potatoes being smaller than others. I was going to say, well, Brian, Brian, only because he's commented, I think it's hilarious that Brian listens to, the, to this garbage <laughs> on a weekly basis and then comments on it. So I better call him out, right? So, you know, Brian, he trims his leg. He says you run a lot faster if you have trimmed legs, not, not necessarily shaved. I mean, so. I'm impressed if he can still run. I can't. I tried to run uh, in the street with my son today. It's not happening. It's a young man's game. <laughs> That guy's still hitting home runs and yeah, yeah. Major League Baseball. So. I think that's been my problem with running is I'm too herzoot. I think that's that's the only problem. <laughs> oh. And I did just Russ, I did just edit out a 20 minute bit Russell had about being a woman for a couple weeks, <laughs> yeah. but we, we don't have time. We got to cut that out. That. All right, Hounds of Love. This is the third single off this album. I think it's a pretty strong start to the album. The first two songs yes. I was into, yeah. they get a little bit stranger in the second half where we got like monsters yelling at us and everything. But the first two songs I thought were jams. The, the I'll admit that this album didn't grab me like I think some of you other guys. And I think it's because I liked the first song so much, but this one went right yeah. to like 80s pop. It was very 80s, me. you're right. You know, and just it kind of lost me right away at song two, but... It's interesting though. I mean, this is the kind of music we haven't had yet on this list, right? We we haven't had any just straight eighties real synthy stuff, really. Honestly, the closest yeah, thing we've heads, had to which is kind of I mean, Pr- talking heads. Prince is the closest like yeah. to me is the the closest True. analog to this, and, and I think they did do some work together. I don't, I didn't read enough about Kate Bush, but uh, I do hear Prince in this music and I hear her music in, especially in stuff in purple rain, the kind of squealing guitars in the background of these driving drums and the synths and the, the drum machines. So I, he's the one that I thought of, but I, you know, I think of him a lot anyway, but. But I was wondering like, why is this the first album where I really had never, I had heard of Kate Bush kind of not understanding who she was. I've never heard any of these songs. Me I know that. I know. I don't I've know never why. heard any of these. But it's literally it's because fault, she, right? I should have been looking she, for well, but she she didn't perform the Hounds of Love live until 2014. But I don't think she had a lot of success in the U.S. Right. That first the first mm-hmm. track on the album, I think, made it to like 30s on the charts. But no other songs she had charted in the U.S. Like all of her success was in the U.K. She was not very popular over here when she was performing Just- live in the 80s. It's so strange that the British invasion and even, I mean, because there were British bands in the 80s that made it over here and it just kind of skipped her. The Big Sky. This is song about me, the big guy. Man, when you mentioned like very 80s, like to me, I'm hearing Madonna. I don't know if Madonna yes. takes from her or her, she takes from yeah. Madonna, but th- that's what I'm hearing here. Agreed. This album knocked off Like a Virgin from the UK number one. Okay. No, I've been trying to figure that out too. I don't know who was borrowing from whom, but you're totally right, Russell. That's what I hear too. One cool thing I read about that song is she wasn't really getting the right feel for it since she brought in this bassist, Martin Youth Glover. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of this guy before. But anyways, he comes in and he's doing the rehearsal 
And he said he had previously uh, rehearsed with Motorhead and Lemmy. And so he Ooh, said on yeah. this song, he was trying to sound like, remember Family Man Barrett from Bob Marley, the guy who had all the kids? Oh, yeah. <laughs> he was trying to sound like a cross between Family Man Barrett and Lemmy uh, as the bass oh player on that song. I thought that was we, kind of a cool approach. We got to hear it again. There's, we got to hear it again. Yeah, there's so again. many bands. I'm like, can you please stop doing songs where you're trying to sound like Lemmy and the bass player from Bob Marley, please? <laughs> Let me amplify the bass. Sure, why not? I believe him. Now we start to get a little weird. This song yep. is called Mother Stands for Comfort. This is a song about a mother who knows the kid did something wrong. So I've been in that situation, right? The kid comes in, chocolate all over their face. Hey, did you eat this chocolate? No. Uh, but the, the mother is willing to lie for the son because she admitted later in an interview the child had murdered somebody. So... Fun, fun stuff. This one's the wow. one that's got sound effects all over it, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. And a lot to, toward the end of the album. Yeah, this is where well. she starts really letting the freak flag fly, right? Yeah. And now on number five, she has a song called Cloud Bus. This is an anthem. Okay. This thing is a monster. That, I don't know if that's a, that's a synth doing those strings, I'm assuming, but that yeah. is badass, isn't it? Yes. This is the one Matt was Matt was thinking about current artists. Uh, the other person I think of is Billie Eilish, and I haven't listened to her enough, but I wonder if if she takes from some of this too. So, cloud busting is about a Peter Reich book called Memory. Peter uh, Peter Reich book called Book of Dreams. Does that book sound familiar to you guys at all? No. Okay, I'm going to keep going. He was a psychiatrist, and his dad was a philosopher. Is this Velvet dad thought maybe he got. That no, we're close. And we thought that maybe the dad got abducted by aliens. Okay. The dad did invent a device where you could sit in it and collect up your uh orgasmic energy. Oh, Pink All right? Floyd. This is the this is <laughs> no, th- this is the same guy that Patty Smith wrote uh oh, Birdland. It's the oh, same yeah. exact book that Patty Smith wrote Birdland oh. about, about the guy who collected the orgasm energy. <laughs> And and that she made a video that was directed by uh, that was conceived by Terry Gilliam from uh, Monty Python and Brazil fame, and had Donald Sutherland starring in it. Like it's it's this weird like connection. She's all over the place. Video, but yeah, get Don, Donald Sutherland. Aaron, you got to read this Peter Reich book and let us know how it goes. It has inspired it. so much great art. Okay, I'm doing it. I know you are. That's why I'm telling you and not these other two guns. <laughs> I'm, I'm, sit with here. I'm reading uh, Dead Astronauts by Jeff Vandermeer right now, which is like super fucking weird. So I'm I'm, I'm into it. I'm ready. Rob, you mentioned that Fairlight, that Fairlight synthesizer at the very beginning. I noticed that, like, I'm not really even sure where all the Fairlight's coming in, but there's so many crazy sounds on this. There's all these different instruments. But I was reading a little bit about the Fairlight, and it sounds like it was like this first digital synthesizer where you could sample Mm -hmm. and reproduce acoustic instruments and different types of sounds, right? So I thought we could maybe do a list of the greatest songs ever featuring the Fairlight synthesizer. My my cousin had a rudimentary version of this. Uh, This is the cousin whose uncle had all the cool stuff. And the only thing we would do is make fart sounds and then play different songs as fart sounds. So (laughs) I was 25 years old as well. All right. First song on the list. I don't even know if our podcast would exist without this song. The band is yellow. The song is Oh Yeah, which Rob has borrowed or sampled for our podcast. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Is that the sense? Yeah, I think yes. Wow. And then you guys all remember what this is famous from. What movie is it famous in? Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. 
fucking hate that movie. Why? Oh my God. I cannot real? fucking stand it's that movie. movie. It is such a stupid ass movie. And I have held my tongue long what? enough on Ferris Bueller. I've often lied and been like, oh yeah, I don't mind that movie. It sucks. The oh. times I've tried to watch it, it is absolute torture. Why don't you it's like crazy. it? Torture. Rob doesn't hate anything except for my rolling goings, and he hates Ferris Bueller. <laughs> this seems like the type of thing where it's funnier than he is, and he doesn't like that they're funnier than he is. <laughs> I that don't would think be my it guess. Is. First of all, rude to teachers, okay? First of all, it has <laughs> oh, ruined my go. life as teaching-wise. Okay, but second of all, rude it's to not principal, that- to the administration. Not the teachers, the principal. <laughs> <laughs> the friend is depressed. Like, it's just not. And then like, the car, the the big scene Bueller. is like a car gets stolen. And then he sings. It's just too weird to me. I don't, I've never enjoyed it. And I, uh, and I think I'm right. And everyone else is wrong in the world. I think that's how it goes. Did you guys know, did you know that Shaking, Shaking a Baby Now or whatever that song? I didn't, I had no idea that was uh, a Beatles song until about three years ago. Shaking a baby. Okay. Shaking a baby now. Shaking a baby. Twist and shout. Yeah. Twist and shout. I thought you were talking about a song called Shaking a Baby, and I was like, what the fuck <laughs> are you talking about? You are coming in from nowhere. Just don't shake the baby. Don't, don't yeah. Baby. That is you, that that song actually was a huge problem. People should not be doing that's like that's like my mom kept catching me doing the wooly bully, and I was like, Mom, it's boys to men on the screen. What am I supposed to do? Yeah. Says that the Isley <laughs> brothers did it first, but the that's Beatles definitely covered yeah. it. Yeah. Wooly bully, Russell. And that version, that version in uh the movie is the Beatles version. I had yes. no idea for yeah. a long time. So next song on the list, this is interesting. This was actually a famous kind of orchestral sound. And these guys who were using this fair light synthesizer, they didn't really know how to use it, but they were just searching through stuff and they came across this sound effect and it became like a, like a, uh, a pivotal sound for hip hop. The song is called planet rock by Africa. Bombata. Oh, Africa Check this Bombata. out. Oh, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Yes. Yes. Yeah. Ooh, that like is that. badass, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Oh, man. That's Did great. you hear about the song that beat this one on the charts, though? What's that? It was called Planet Paper. Ah. <laughs> I saw that one. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> just say that Planet Scissors. Oh, yes. I like <laughs> paper, paper, planet, in there. paper. Next song on the list. I'm not really sure the name of it. Something by <laughs> Frankie and someone. It's called Relax. Check this one out. <laughs> <laughs> Russell gave Russell like drove by this list in his car and was like, yeah, it looks good to me. <laughs> Russell, this is Frankie goes to Hollywood. Frankie relax. goes to Hollywood. Relax. Check this one out. You know what this song is about, Russell? You know what? I was reading about it. It turns out it's much more sexually explicit than you would originally think if you're not really paying attention to the lyrics. Oh, this one? Oh, yeah. Yes. It was actually a super, super interesting thing, Rob, when you say that. It was actually banned by the BBC Radio, and it was one of the only songs to ever make it to number one in the UK while being banned on BBC Radio. Oh, wow. Yeah, it, it's about jerking it to Boys to Men and Mariah Carey <laughs> at the same time down in your basement. <laughs> Aaron, you got to relax. <laughs> All right, last it. song on the list. This is, I think it's Yes from 1983, Owner of a Lonely Heart. Check this one out. This one. This is such a, kind of a nice groove in there. Yeah. Such a good song. So one of the reasons I pulled this one up is I think they're using kind of a, a backbeat here. They're using a drum beat or a backbeat. But it's interesting, Aaron. Your boy Questlove, your guy Questlove, your favorite drummer, yeah. said this was the actual, the first use of a sample as a backbeat as opposed to a sound effect. Really? Yes. Oh, I didn't know so that. I thought that was pretty cool. Questlove knows a little bit about drumming. 
That was a trust him on that one. Another I, I will. I definitely will. Better list by Russell, Russell, that was a top five list. <laughs> top five list. And another five instrument. List. Russell's an expert oh, now in instruments, yeah. for sure. Russell could see the orchestra. He just didn't recognize any of the instruments. He's like, why are those people on stage? And I, why does that guy keep pulling that anything? bow across those strings? <laughs> Is that a saxophone? that thing? Oh, yeah. So now we start talking about the ninth wave. So here's, she is, this is a woman has a shipwreck and she's floating out at sea and her memories are keeping her awake. Listen, I'm not going to lie. We're going to cruise through the last This was, this shit was, I mean, yeah, you, you, this was in my wheelhouse because, uh, Rob, I think it's correct oh, to call it. So we're not cruising through it. But <laughs> it would also would have been called a song cycle. And this is the kind of oh. stuff I studied in an undergrad. And it reminded me so much of this song cycle called The Andre Expedition, which is by Dominic Argento of the University of Minnesota. And it was all about Nailed some it. dudes who did a balloon exploration in the Arctic and they all died. And then many years later, their three bodies were found and the guy's journal was still intact. And so Dominic Argento set the whole thing to music. I one time decided I really needed to like study this myself. So I sat in the music library at our alma mater and put it on on a Friday afternoon, listened to the whole thing. And I'm sure I proceeded to go to Hogan Brothers and get blasted on bush lights because it was the saddest experience. You're telling me this is what they gave you the huge music scholarship you do and this is what you were doing? Like this is how you earned that scholarship? That's it happened once. It happened once. I know. Can you imagine going on a balloon expedition to Antarctica? Like there's got to be like two, three balloons there tops. Yeah, like you're not seeing any balloons. No. I mean, it just there just can't be that. These guys' many. bodies were discovered like 30 years after they died, and then the one guy's journal became famous because he kept the whole journal of the whole thing. I think that's the dream: is dying in a mysterious way, and then they find you later, and it's like kind of a cool thing. Instead of like on the toilet with a bagel in the, <laughs> in the tank, and everybody's like, "Oh God, gross! He died just how he lived. Disgusting." But at least you would be, okay. Rob. You would be remembered as a legend for the guy who like. Invented the the small fridge in the bathroom, though, right? Like you would, you, you would be an inventor. Yeah, it's full of toilet Visionary. paper and cream cheese. Uh, that that song. I, I was thinking about this. I saw that. I was thinking about what is your greatest fear? Like, do you ever see something and you're like, this scares the hell? I saw a, a, a TikTok the other day of people who were cave diving and they were going through a very narrow part of a cave oh. underwater, and I almost passed out. Like, I really did. I was like, this makes me ill. You ever see anything like that? Like, or tightrope walkers or anything? Oh God, just thinking about that makes me sick too. I, your cave thing, I think you, did you send us a picture of that where they're like going and they're like squeezing through? And I it's can't like, imagine I did. That would be rude. I would think that's like cruel. Yeah. Now sending you a picture of a guy stuck in a balloon, but he just kind of <laughs> likes it. That's awesome. Okay. And none of you still haven't gotten a comment on that text. That sent out, but yeah. Terrifying. <laughs> no, underwater stuff, drowning. No good. I, I, I don't like that one. Like I like being in a submarine. Take. Like, could you be in a? Could you be in a submarine? No. Like, no. like for forty five days or something like that? Oh, I think I'd freak days. out. Yeah, you hear like creaking stuff as yeah. you're like six hundred feet down. Out. I'd be like, no, absolutely not. Run into an uncharted mountain, underwater mountain. That's oh. not good. Oh god. And speaking of that, under ice. Under ice. Yeah, this is when this is getting into that Laurie Anderson sound. Like, let's get weird. I just love how deeply weird this album is. It's very strange. Another fear of mine, by the way. Have you ever seen people scuba dive under the ice? Oh, the, the idea of scuba diving under the ice and not being able to find the hole coming up. I'm, I'm convinced that's another thing guys do when they start a family. They're like, oh, got a family. Well, I need to go scuba dive under the ice. More fun. Uh, by the way, going fine. Uh, waking the witch. 
this sounds like a euphemism. But also, this is like actually this, we had this on the house today, and my wife was like, "Oh, is this Tori Amos?" This is and definitely the one where there are demons yelling over like a Pink Floyd riff, right? Yeah, what is, probably, what, the, yeah, what yeah. is that? What is that? We, we have to stop and address art, like man. there's it's random art. like beast voices right now on the 68th greatest album of all time. Yeah. Meanwhile, Aaron, this is what he was writing papers about in college. I was like memorizing vast things about science, and Aaron's like, "This music is like sad." And they're like, "Oh, A plus, that's pretty, yeah, great that, job." That's accurate on that one. <laughs> so the, the the next three songs that that those kind of past, present, future. So that was her as she's drowning, thinking about her past and kind of helping her survive. Now she goes and she does some kind of our uh, town style shit where she's looking at the present and seeing everybody mourning her, not coming back. Can you imagine a more boring part of your Christmas story? Like the ghost from the ghost from Christmas present gets you and they just take you to see your family. I'd be like, oh God, are you serious? Like I got to go see what my family's up to. Because I can tell you what they're up to. They're sitting in their rooms on their iPads. Like that's what they're up to. I bet you Kanye listened to this album and John Bryan who did his, uh, was it late registration? It's that kind of like, I like that. Fiona Apple, John Bryan stuff. That's such a good take here. And I love that. Here we have jig of life. Oh, here we go. Oh, we got an Irish river. Dance. I like this one. I yeah. was in with this one for sure. This is kind of our first river dance Irish jig we've had on the list. Isn't it? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I would say so. <laughs> Closest we got so far is Van Morrison, right? Yeah. Let's keep track of that though. How many Irish jigs have we done so far? The answer is one. What's good. It's, it's excellent. It, and I like when she does the never, 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 never. Like she does some cool stuff. Can you imagine going back and meeting yourself in the past, like our time machine bit? I bet I'd go back and meet myself and be like, "Ugh, shut up!" Like, and then I'd be like, "Oh, what are you doing now in the future, future Rob?" I'd be like, "Well, I have a podcast with Russell and Aaron and Matt," and I'd be like, "Ooh, yeah, who the hell's yeah, Matt? What would you, you know, <laughs> what would you have thought of that? Like, Rob, if, if you were, if you go back to when you were sixteen, or let's move it forward yeah. a few years to when you're, you know us in college, and yeah. you were to, you were to come forward and you get done with the makeout session with yourself outside of the the machine. That's, yep. And then you, Don, you, you find out like your <laughs> big creative players. outlet, your big achievement is a podcast with us that gets approximately probably a legit 15 people that listen a week. I got to say, as a guy who wanted to go into radio, I'd be thrilled. This would be, that would be great. I would love it. I think I'd, I'd be happy as a clam. <laughs> you say, what's a podcast? Yeah. Hello earth. But I want Here we have hello, hello earth. Or as Kate Bush would say it, hello earth. This one builds to a pretty amazing crescendo. I kind of like this one. I didn't love the second half of the album, but this kind of built for me. I, I like the way it built. And it got pretty haunting at the end, too. Yeah. I like this drum sound, too. This lets you know you were in 1985, no question. Like, this is 1985 drums right in your living room. And now we have a morning fog. It's all about feeling better, taking your life more seriously after a brush with death. Uh, that happens to me every time I like hurt my back or like I get sick. I'm like, I'm never going to take for granted being healthy again. Uh, yeah, I feel that. And then a week later, I'm like, I'll spend all day on the couch today. <laughs> I, I know the Matt, Matt's the construction guy, but I kind of like a little bit of the upbeat ending here. It got, you know, you kind of had those, the, the jams at the beginning of the eighties, like poppy songs. And it kind of got strange for a while. And then the last song kind of brought it back a little bit for me to back what I was enjoying at the beginning. And that is it yeah. for Kate Bush, uh, Hounds of Love. It's a, a super creative, super interesting album. Let's get into my favorite section. It's the rating system. And now it's time for everybody's favorite part of the show. The patented and very popular 
Very popular. Did it better rating system. Oh. All right. So listen, this album is uh, it's at sixty-eight. Oh, you want Aaron? You know what I'm talking about. Uh, this album is it at sixty-eight? Is it a rolling well toned? It is perfect at sixty-eight. It's right where it belongs. You look at this album, you go, boy, is this album at sixty-seven? No, oh, no, too high. Sixty-nine? Oh, way too low. Sixty-eight? Oh. It makes me happy. Uh, this is right where it belongs in the pantheon of all-time great albums. Is this album rolling boned? Okay, it should have been way higher. We should have gotten to this. Listen, I'm getting in a time machine, talking to my younger self, like a year and a half ago. Like, hey, this podcast you're starting is still going. I'd be like, oh shit, that that is now that is depressing. Um, like I think going back to slightly in the past, Rob, meeting slightly future Rob, and finding out that literally nothing in your life has changed. <laughs> would be like, oh, okay, still doing that thing. Hmm, great. Uh, or is this a rolling groan? You did not like this album. You think it should be higher on the list. It does not belong on the list. Okay, it should be a higher number, which of course would be lower on the list because we are starting up high and coming down low, much like uh, if you were on a balloon expedition to the Arctic, okay? And coming, you start up, you're like, hey, let's take this balloon over the Arctic. I don't see what could possibly go wrong. It uh, doesn't seem like cold weather and balloons mix all that well, but uh, who knows? Uh, and it turns out, of course, it doesn't. Uh, with Aaron, who read the diary. Meanwhile, I was out trying to meet girls, and I was dealing with somebody who was like, hey, what did you do today? Oh, I read the diary about balloonists who died in Antarctica. And those girls were still making out with Aaron more than they were making out with I listened with to so the think song cycle. I listened to the how the music was, the lyrics were set in the song yeah, we cycle. Already I didn't know you read went the cycling today, myself. Aaron. We, <laughs> we heard about your cycling. My God, stop talking about it. Jesus. All right. The time for the so, we could spend more time was, on that, that potato roll if you wanted, though, Aaron. We could hear more on that potato roll. <laughs> the Martin's potato roll Aaron. is absolutely the best burger bun. It's oh my so God. squishy. It's- Pull the string, Russell. You know. It's like talking to me about the Los Rios boys in Macarena. Uh, Rosie, what did you think of this album? I loved listening to this album. It was a new discovery for me. I liked it, especially after last week when we talked about Reasonable Doubt, which is an album that I know really well and didn't actually enjoy that much anymore. So loved exploring this one. It's deeply weird, which I really like. I like the production on it, especially. I mean, I I read a couple of... um, interviews with people or articles with people who would say like, yeah, I would play this record, but just play the first side over and over again. Love all the drums and the driving forces of the first side. I know it's been super influential for many artists. So despite uh, the the downturn in the second side, uh, I got to give it a rolling well-toned. All right, Matt, what do you think? Rolling boned, rolling grown or rolling well-toned? I did out of order there, kind of switching it up. Hmm? I I wish the whole album, and I know this is ridiculous to say, but I wish the whole album was very similar to the first song. That Euro synth pop eighties mm-hmm. vibe of Duran Duran and Aha, and you know some of those other groups that I think we're going to get into a little bit more of uh, as we go down the list here. I think is great. I think everybody, it's like got this resurgent here with Church. I mean, the yeah yeah yeahs. I hear a lot about a, a lot of that yeah, in that song for sure. You know things like that that it just was great and I could see I think it's that one song alone that kind of pulled it up into the 68 uh, range you know I don't know I didn't vote for it so I'm not quite sure but I wish the whole thing was there it got too weird it got too Madonna-y if that's even a thing Um, and it got real goofy in the last half of it which just wasn't for me I understand why Rosie liked it it is weird it's good you know if you're into that stuff it's good you know it's it's unique, uh, but for me, it's rolling groaned. I uh, we've got Alanis Morissette coming up next. Wow. I would put 
Jagged Little Pill way ahead of this Ooh, one in terms fun. of its influence on everything. So that's why, uh, just because of that alone, I'd put it as uh, Rolling Groan. Oh, yeah. uh, Russell, what do you think? Rolling Well Toned, Rolling Boned, or Rolling Groan? I like some of the synths. I like there was a lot of instruments on the album that we haven't heard before, a lot of different sounds. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed a handful of the songs, but I, I just can't get behind an album that's got a monster yelling at me being the 68th greatest <laughs> album of all time. I'm going to say it's Rolling Groan. That's so weird, Russell, because your Nicki your Nicki Minaj that you did on Monster was so good, and now you're telling I mean, me you don't like the Monster. I mean, I mean, yeah, that, that's all you need to know. Like Nicki Minaj doesn't have an album above this. Give me a fucking break, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> Unfortunately, you guys are all wrong. This is a rolling stay at home, right? Like this is an album that was totally made in her home. It's to, it's totally a singular vision. I couldn't use that one because I've already used it. But this is a lot like a kind of a gingerbread house, right? Like. If somebody gives you a pre-made gingerbread house, it it's never very good. It just kind of sits there. You're like, huh? but if you're there making it all on your own and it's exactly what mm. you want, you at least know, hey, this was what I wanted. This is my vision. Even if it's not like the favorite thing because you're eating those gumdrops, you know, and you're eating the little stuff and you're eating the frosting and then you're eating part of it and you realize that there's actually styrofoam inside and maybe that gingerbread actually isn't <laughs> safe to be eating. That's kind of like <laughs> this album. Uh, listen, next up. Okay. It's like when you, okay, wait, I'm, it says here I'm supposed to sing this part. It's like when you try to save money at a concert. Oh, no. But you spend 200 bucks no. on some T-shirts. It's like picking up your kid so they don't take the bus. But when you get there, <laughs> they hit you in the nuts. <laughs> Isn't it ironic? We've got Alanis Morissette and Jagged awesome. Little Pill for our 69th oh, album. Very awesome. Uh, very cool. When you want to hear about the greatest albums of all time. <laughs> but you're just too lazy to look It's true, though. It's like, hey, son, I'm here to So you can have a ride with your dad all on your own. Yes, they get off track. Like here's a punch in the nut, the boom, yeah. and again through a rock. Jack. We didn't talk about it enough. We should bring it back <laughs> up. Did throw a rock, better. caveman style. <laughs> it was a I small rock, like, but yeah, I don't got anything. <laughs> Guys, we went the whole thing without making any bush jokes. Let's give ourselves a round of applause. Go. Okay, Un- let me unfold the banner. Mission accomplished. <laughs> to copy a joke from like two episodes ago. There we go. We have so many new listeners that aren't going to listen to those episodes. We've gone one episode without mentioning. Congratulations. Glycerine. <laughs>